It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we're the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure you hit the follow button, the subscribe button, as we have a loaded week of draft content coming for you. We've got a what would he do mock draft. With James Rapino, what will they do mock draft that I'll put together for tomorrow's show? And Joe Goodberry has an exclusive mock draft. He'll be dropping on Lockdown Bengals a little bit later this week. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. James, my biggest takeaway from Duke Tobin's press conference. Is that he's tired and he's making dad jokes at your expense. Oh, dang. We started with that. Well, for those that don't know, I, I happened to ask Duke Tobin towards the end. He had talked for about 29 minutes and we hadn't asked him about safety. Knowing if you listen to Locked on Bengals that we drafted a safety 31st overall twice in our first two mocks. I was like, well, we at least got to ask about safety. And well, Duke Tobin balled me up and threw me away. Do the safeties in this draft class? How do I view them? The safeties, yeah, specifically at the top of the draft. Um, normally with my eyes. <laughs> I think, I think, I don't, I don't mean to be facetious. I, I, I love that he couldn't regain his composure. That's my favorite part about it. He just loses it at his hilarious dad joke. Uh, I just, I can only shake my head and you couldn't hear it. I did say, uh, hey, you got me. Cause he did get me. And it, it was also funny because everybody in the room just died laughing, which is what happens in press conferences. Like if a coach makes a joke or, you know, the director of player personnel makes a joke, you go, ha, 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 you know, it, you go crazy. And, and I didn't want to laugh too hard into the mic there, but you know, you exaggerate it. That's what everybody did. It was funny though. He did get me. And, uh, well, I'm about to get him because I think my mock draft today, what I would do, is going to be better than what the Bengals do. So we'll see if that happens. How about that for a shot fired? Well, I think the thing about the what would I do mock draft is that you have the benefit of it not being a real draft. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for bringing me back. That's a a Duke joke. Anyways, uh, my biggest takeaway from Duke Tobin, um, outside of – hold on real quick. Look at my mug today. Did you see this? 
It says juice. This is the juice edition Yeti. You, you can get it at Rapine headquarters. Why, why is my name on your water bottle, James? That's right. It's Yeti, not a water bottle. What's the significance? It's like a it's a thermos. Oh, no, there's juice in here. There's juice in it. Yeah, it keeps it cold. It. Ice cold juice. Biggest takeaway for me, cornerback is on the mind. Duke Tobin doesn't say much, but the fact that he was like, Yeah, clearly when you look at our roster, that's a position that you want to address and that we want to address. That uh that that yeah. was just a a very simple line, but it and it feels like it states the obvious, right? But the fact that he was willing to go that far. It's not like he said tight ends a position where you know we want to address or you know left guards a position we want to address. He didn't come out and say any of that. He didn't say they wouldn't take a tight end or they wouldn't take a safety or they wouldn't take a receiver. But he said, yeah, cornerback, we could use some more guys there. And he did use plural. And and I think that that's uh that's kind of how they're eyeing it and wouldn't be shocked if they take multiple corners in the draft. I think the other thing that's interesting that puts more spotlight on the direction I've been talking about, we've been talking about for the last week or so, defensive side of the ball, is when he's talking about the offensive line, he's talking about wide receivers, specifically wide receiver. And I think he talked about offensive line the same way. He's like, yeah, there's a Marvin Jones there in the fifth round. We'll take him. It wasn't, maybe that's not the exact quote, but I mean, you're talking mid to late day three at that point. And the way he's talking about we don't think we need starters. We like our young guys that we've invested in on the offensive line. We're expecting them to develop. They sound to be pretty satisfied with where they're at on offense. They sound generally pretty satisfied with where they're at for starters. And they feel like they're drafting this year hmm. a little bit to develop some guys for the future, to supplement, and to find depth. Yep. That's kind of and what I took away from some of his commentary. Yeah, no, I agree. And and so that's twofold. One, the idea of them just taking offensive linemen at 31, I think is, you know, I, I think there's a scenario where it happens, but I, I don't think that that's a likely scenario given what they're eyeing. And, you know, the, the second part about that, and I've said it multiple times, and I'm actually surprised there hasn't been more backlash, but when they draft Kyer Elam or Andrew Booth or Kyler Gordon, and then that dude is sitting behind Eli Apple week one. They said it before the draft, and that might not happen. Maybe the guy balls out and earns the job or there's an injury or whatever happens. But I think there is a scenario where they trust Eli Apple, made 15 starts for them. Yeah, they have a first-round corner. Maybe they have multiple rookie corners. Maybe it's a second and a fourth-round corner. And those guys are learning in, in more depth pieces, early, at least early in the season. Maybe not all season. We know how things go. But, yeah, I uh, – wouldn't be shocked there. The other thing that I, I asked him about, because I was curious, I asked how much age mattered, and he got me there too. He was like, yeah, I don't think we're going to draft any 40-year-olds. And then he went into a real answer. He's just ripping me. It was great. I loved it. I mean, that, um, that one's a little – there's no 40-year-olds in the draft, Duke. I, I, Come on. I, I mean, there, there are a couple of, of – you know, why, there's what? That one wide receiver return is 25. I mean – I mean, yeah, there's 24, if you can, 25. If, 40 if you is can a rent long a way. car – if you if you can rent a car, you shouldn't be eligible for the NFL draft. You should already be it should already be past you. You just, I think, you just I go think straight that, into free agency. Yeah, you're just you just sign, you know, a 10 day or something like they do in the NBA. Um but what yeah, about- he he, he kind of he didn't say age didn't matter all the way, but he was like, look, if they're good, they're good. Like that's in given their history, I don't think that's true. I think he was giving me lip service. I do think age matters and age is gonna impact 
I think what they do throughout the draft. Yeah, I think that there will be a point where it matters less, but I, we'll we'll see. Sure, we'll monitor the trends as we do because it helps us predict in the future. What did you think about what he had to say about Jonah Williams in the fifth year option? That was a comment that caught some attention on Bengals Twitter. Did it really? Um, nothing. That's that's how he offer does that. Just just I mean, a nothing burger. Like we're working through it. He'll either get it or he won't. Because yeah, there was some I, speculation I, that it was like, oh, maybe they won't. And some speculation that, oh, maybe they have an extension going. Oh, I mean, you know, maybe they do an extension. I, I still think you pick up his fifth-year option and, and extend, you know, you can do that as part of the extension too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they're going to. And let's be honest here. With the comments he made about the offensive line, are they really not picking up his option? <laughs> then you better Then you better take – you know, I hope Zion Johnson is there at 31, even though I don't think he's going to be a tackle anyway. Like, you better hope that someone's there. You need a tackle. And so that's the part of it. I, I just – I think they're going to pick it up for sure. Yeah, and, and there could be a tackle that they could see as better value than a guard. But either way, offensive Ooh. line at 31, very Doesn't seem unlikely. likely. I would <laughs> say so. I, I think, you know, Duke kind of confirmed to me a lot of what we've been talking about. I think we've had the right read on them. They're interested mm-hmm. in a tight end at some point. They're interested in corners. I think they're interested in some other help on defense. But I think it was a lot of confirming the read we've had on them. And I know you would do it differently, James. And we'll get into what you would do if you were drafting for the Bengals and didn't have Lou Anarumo screaming in your face or Mike Potts telling you what his evaluations are. Or maybe you would do it anyway. Coming up next. I would do it anyway. And you know why? Because I'm powered by AG1. If you haven't tried AG1, I started taking it because I'll be honest with you. I hate veggies, hate vegetables. Don't like eating broccoli much. Certainly not an asparagus guy, but I want the nutrients. I want the vitamins. I want the healthy aspect of it. And AG1 helps me do just that. They have 75 high quality vitamins in one scoop. All right. I put one scoop of AG1 in eight ounces of water, get 75 different vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, probiotics, all in one glass. It's real easy to do. You take it every morning. I, I do it. It's the first thing I, I taste outside of water. I'll take AG1 and, and get everything going. And it, it's boosted my energy. I actually I feel healthier and I know I am healthier because I've always stunk at eating veggies. So if you're like me, and you stink at eating veggies, or maybe you just want to be healthier, you need to try AG1. And Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, you've put together a mock draft for the people, by the people, as the people would do it, or as James Rapine would do it. And uh, before we dive in, if you could give a quick Ooh. preview to what your process was and then walk us through the beginning of your 
what would I do mock draft? I think it had to do as much with value and and uh, and how this team is going to get over the hump and and stay there and in that to me is giving Joe Burrow everything he could need and then some, but also addressing clear needs right in in areas that in this draft you can realistically address those needs because I. I think without a trade down, the idea of them getting one of the top tight ends, getting one of the top interior defensive linemen, getting an edge rusher that's going to give them juice from the jump, and getting an offensive lineman. And it's hard to do all of those things, but I try to do enough where um, you know it's it's going to help them in 2022 and beyond, which is the goal of any draft, right? But you know that was uh, that was my thought process. So uh, without further ado, let's get to to pick 31. And to me, if he's there, this is obvious. You run. To the podium and i don't care if his arms are are you know as long as mine or they're probably shorter than mine I, or certainly shorter than jake lisko's tyler linderbaum is the pick at 31 he's a perfect fit in the run game i love the idea of him the wide zone and i get it all oh, afc north afc north the afc north isn't going to know what hit him if you give joe burrow time and you get joe mixon in space and cutback lanes which he's never really had consistently as an nfl running back um so I take Linderbaum because for a few reasons. One, yeah, they've addressed the offensive line, but they don't have any young, and they would say maybe Jackson Carmen, but this is what I would do. And I view it, I don't think they have any young offensive linemen that you say, future pro bowler. And we're going to keep him for the next six years or seven years or eight years. And I would be surprised if Tyler Linderbaum doesn't make a pro bowl. Like I, I think he's going, one, I think he's going to be there at 31. I think he's going to fall past the Bengals. I'm not necessarily saying they would draft him. I would. And now suddenly Jonah Williams could be like your third or fourth best offensive lineman. It, you know, if Lyle Collins is exactly what you think. And, and Tyler Linderbaum is awesome. And I think he would be. I really do. Now, is there a concern about the drop back passing and all of that? There is. I understand that. I also think that uh, when you watch our guy Mike Santagata, his breakdown or, or read his breakdown at allbengals.com, it's like, okay, well, he does re-anchor. He might get knocked back, but he does re-anchor, and I think he will get stronger. And when you have that athleticism, we're going to look back seven, eight years from now, and it's like, oh, Tyler Linderbaum's a four-time Pro Bowler, and the Bengals passed on him at 31. I'm not passing on him at 31, Jake. Yeah. And as you said, I think the Bengals do if he's available. There's a chance he's gone at 15. There's a chance he makes it to 50. This, I mean, who who knows? You, you see it in mocks around the internet too. Like some people are like, I don't care. He's, he's a stud on tape or taking him top 15. Other people are like, yeah. I don't think he can hold up in the NFL. He's going in the second round. And you're right. The thing for the Bengals is, do they think that he can make them a better pass blocking team? And mm -hmm. there's an argument that yes, because he improves your left guard spot by putting Ted Karras out there and sliding Linderbaum into center. There's an argument that it doesn't really make that much of a difference to your pass protection because you're going to need to help him so much. And so that that's probably something that Mike would tell us too, is if, if Linderbaum comes in and is your starting center on day one, that does kind of force your hand a little bit in some ways in protection and it would also be like like we've talked about an unprecedented. You'd have to be an outlier because of the length, because of the size concerns. And does that mean he won't be great? No, but there there are those reasons for concern. But as you said, James, can make a massive difference in the running game. Looks like an intelligent player who could be a captain of the future, who could really be a leader on the offensive line unit. 
And so can you get over the length if he can do everything else? Other teams have with similar players. He is unique in, in mm-hmm. some ways in that length and size concern conversation. But you can't – it's hard to argue with the tape. You can't argue with the tape. It's hard to argue with the tape on Linderbaum. And so I would get it. I would – I wouldn't fault – I mean, I would like to pick. But I just, as we've discussed, don't think they'll do it. And Duke did say, you know, that he everything is negotiable when it because we asked him directly about arm length before offensive linemen. Not going to name Linderbaum specifically, but you know that, that's part of it. And ultimately, man, I, I just think that when you look at it, who do you think is going to be there? Andrew Booth, maybe it's Kyer Elam, uh, Kyler Gordon, Tyler Linderbaum. Which one's the most likely? You know. To, to have the best career. I think it's Linderbaum. And I agree with you. You're asking him to be an outlier. And that's scary at 13. That's less scary at 31 for me. Because I think at worst, in, uh, they say this, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks say this on Move the Sticks. They're like, oh, you want to hit doubles you know, in the first round. You just don't want to have complete busts. I don't see how Linderbaum would be a bust. This isn't Billy Price. And I know some on YouTube thinks like, he's not. And he's... Uh, a freak athletically, and I think at worst he's a good offensive lineman. That's a hell of a, a hell of an at worst, and so yeah. I, I'll take that. Yeah, I think the other thing for the Bengals would be the positional value of center. They almost never take centers before day three historically. Billy Price being the big outlier there, but let's go on to the second round, James, because I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate Tyler Linderbaum at all. I would like to pick. Yeah, they um, they've taken they've taken a few centers in in the uh, early in their their time, but Billy Price is the most recent one. Um, okay, so um is not a player, but sixty third overall. I did look at recent history though, James, and and it's Billy Price in recent history, like last 10, recent 15 years. Recent, sure, recent, like but, Duke Tobin and Duke Tobin tenure. Yeah, yep. and um, no, you're good, and and you know if Frank right if they had anyways if you get it right it doesn't matter what the position is you know I've always said that for the most part you're not taking a punt around one for those that are going to try to quote me. Uh, that being said, 63rd overall, this is where it's going to get interesting because I, I think a cornerback falls. I think everyone's assuming that all these corners are going to go and that that's going to be the case. I think that one of, and this is crazy because he's getting some first round buzz. Roger McCreary or Cam Taylor Britt are there. Roger McCreary is getting some first round buzz. I don't know about that. He probably goes in the top 40, 45. But if he's there, you would take him. But for mock purposes, I wanted to mention him because I, I think that there's a chance maybe him, maybe one of these other guys falls a little bit. Does Andrew Booth fall all the way there? I don't think so, but he could fall out around one. Wouldn't shock me if he does. Um, so I'm going to take Cam Taylor Britt here. I think he's. Uh, he gives them good value. And that's the thing. I want to maximize value. And so if I can get a Tyler Linderbaum, who's a future pro bowler in my eyes, Cam Taylor Britt, who might end up being as good as the guy you were going to get at 31 anyway, depending on who's there. And I think there is a drop off after that. Are you taking some risk by not taking a corner at 31? Maybe some, but to me, I think one of these guys, and I'm willing to bet one of these guys falls to 63. And so for mock purposes, I'm going to say Cam Taylor Britt, but I do want to make it known that I do think there's a chance that a, a guy with Roger McCreary level skills falls. And if they did, you know, if he did, I think they would take him. Yeah. I, Cam Taylor Britt's the same guy that I believe Dane Brugler had mocked to them in the second round. I think that for, for the spreadsheet that Joe and I have been working on for a few years. He is a second round grade in in that as well. 
coming out, you know, second, third, maybe, which is roughly where the Bengals pick. Very productive player at Nebraska. Good athleticism, ran that 4-3-8. And I, I think he's a young guy, too. 22, 22 and a half. So not young, not old. Right in the middle, some mm-hmm. some room to develop. And again, you know, I, I would like I would like this pick, James. You're two for two so far because you're getting a solid corner who can develop into a future starter, has that athleticism, even has some positional flex. Like you could make him the third safety, safety yep. at, at points. Although Alante Taylor is more that guy than Cam Taylor Britton. Alante Taylor is a later, a later round prospect, most likely. But yeah, Cam Taylor Britt. I'm on board. Dame Brugler sold me on him. I've I've listened to him talk about Cam Taylor Britt as a second round guy. Formerly thought of him as a third round guy, and I've been sold on Taylor Britt as kind of the 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 guy that seems like the the right. That's like the right spot for him is the end mm-hmm. of the second round, beginning of the third round. Yep, sign me up. I I think it would. It, like if you could guarantee you're getting a Cam Taylor Britt in round two, then it it would I think open people's minds a bit at 31 and i do think that they're going to end up taking a corner at 31 but if they don't there's going to be a guy that falls in this mock it's going to be cam taylor Britt. we'll get to the other five rounds we got five rounds left baby but first a word from built bar the number one protein bar on the planet and look tyler linderbaum is he going to get bullied in pass protection a little bit early on maybe but maybe not if he gets on the built bar plan because he is an athletic freak and it Built Bars aren't just designed for athletic freaks. Jake Lisko takes them too and eats them each and every day. Oh, shots fired. Jake Juice Lisko. Uh, the point is, is Built Bars are awesome. They're great for everybody. And they're high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories. And so whether you want a, a post-workout protein punch, whether you're an NFL player looking to bulk up a little bit, or you just want to eat a little healthier, get to Built Bar or get to Built.com, excuse me. Use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your order. Again, Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Before we go to the third round really quick, I wonder, James, if they might go a different direction with corner at 63 if they don't pick a first round corner. So say... In this hypothetical, what would they do, which we'll get to tomorrow? Say it's a defensive lineman and they have to go back to corner in the second round. I wonder yep. if they would gamble on one of these athletic Zion McCollum, Tariq Woolen types in, in that spot and bank on upside a little bit more. They're both a little bit older. They're both coming from a lower quality of competition. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw those couple names out there too. Or if they would just wait and say, you know what, we like Kobe Bryant, Alante Taylor in the third round. 
Yeah. And that was part of it too, as, as I was juggling, what will Kobe Bryant be there at 95? And I'm not yeah. sure he will. I think Cam Taylor Britt at 63 is maybe a little more likely. Um, I, I think, think they'll... Taylor Britt should be available to them in the second round, but maybe yeah, not. Ex- maybe, yeah, maybe not. Right. Um, I don't think they like Woolen. I, and that's just a gut thing, right? Where he just tested out of his mind, but it's like, it, not that they wouldn't take him, but I don't know if they would consider him at 95, you know, yeah. or, or 63, excuse me, maybe 95, right? Maybe if you're getting into round three, as I kick my camera, uh, you, you know, then, then you decide to take it because as we've mentioned, you have certain thresholds and criteria, but the farther down you get, you have to be more flexible because everybody's yeah. going to have bigger flaws the farther you get down into the draft. For sure. Let's go all to right. the third so round. Yeah, third round, man. You know me. It's all about Joey B. And I want a wide receiver pipeline, right? And so much like round two, I'm going to name two guys. David Bell, if he's there, I think makes a ton of sense. I, I think he would be a nice developmental bring him in as the fourth guy, but could could really come in and be ready to, to contribute right away if you have an injury or something like that. I think he'd be able to help out on special teams. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to be there. I think he's rising up draft boards. So I wanted to mention him and then go to the actual pick. Do the Bengals need a returner? They do, right? They've talked about punt returner and needing one and wanting one and special teams. And if you're going to have a wide receiver or draft a wide receiver at special teams, and one thing I know about the Bengals is they like juice. See what I did there? That actually didn't have to do with you, but they like juice. They want electricity. And you know who brings a little electricity? Calvin Austin Jr. brings a little electricity, and he can step in right away as a punt returner. And uh, and I think give them another element of this guy who can make people miss and, and make defenders miss with the ball in his hand. So um, maybe he's too small for them and they just shy away from it. But the fact that he's there at the end of round three, right? We're basically talking start of round four almost. If he's still there, uh, I think that he would get consideration. So those are the two guys, David Bell and Calvin Austin Jr., both wide receivers. But for the sake of realism, I'm taking Calvin Austin Jr. because I think there's a more uh, a better chance that he's available. And and both those guys, well, not they're they're very different players. David Bell, very not very athletic, a bigger nope. wide receiver. Calvin Austin. Five seven and a half, one seventy tested really well. Twenty three years old. David Bell, twenty one and a half years old. Wandale Robinson from Kentucky for our UK fans out there. Twenty one, just over twenty one years old as well. Five eight, similar mold to mm-hmm. Calvin Austin. Five eight, one seventy eight. I wonder if he would be in play on Arif Hassan's consensus board in a very similar position. Eighty seventh on the consensus board to Calvin Austin at ninety fourth. I also wonder about Khalil Shakir from Boise State, 5'11", almost five eight, almost six foot, sorry, uh, just, just about six foot. And the reason that I bring those two names up is because one thing the Bengals are pretty consistent about, James, with wide receivers, they like them young. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, all very young coming out. They yeah. like them with young breakout ages, and all these guys had uh, younger breakout ages, especially Wandale Robinson. So if you're looking for a dark horse that might be a returner in the third round, that's the name that I think you can keep your eye on from a profile perspective as far as what the Bengals have drafted in the past. Now, are they going to draft a 5'8 receiver? That doesn't necessarily fit what they've done in the past. But everything else on Wandale Robinson's profile, 
is is very intriguing to me if you're talking wide receiver in the third round. Now, Calvin Austin Jr. love the dual threat, the returnability. Uh, I don't think they're going to pick two offensive players in their first three picks, James, but that's why you're making the picks. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And they're um, part of that one, David Bell, to me, could be like Mo Sanu almost where he comes in and, and, and you look up and, and maybe even better than him, but you get him in round three and it's it's like, oh, he's he's going to end up being a big contributor. And, and that's the thing is, are we sure Tyler Boyd's here in 2023? I'm not. And so if he's there, that would be the pick. And I know they are different. Um, and you can insert whoever. I, I pick Calvin Austin Jr. I do think they prioritize getting a returner, adding more juice. Like I said, I'm drinking juice here. Jake sips on gin and juice regularly. But uh, round four is, is going to be the shocker. And you noticed I've done these like dual picks. And I did that to be a little more realistic. Because if I just say, oh, they're going to get this guy and then this guy and this guy, well, that's hard. We're not doing a simulator. So I'm naming guys in the range, in the buckets uh, th- that I think that they'll be in on the Bengals board. And uh, so pick 136. I was actually talking to um, Joe Goodberry about this. And I think that there's a chance that the man out of Houston falls. And this would be the David Bell scenario. If you got David Bell, well, you haven't fit that returner in, Right. Marcus Jones with the shoulder injury, he's slight too. You're not taking Calvin Austin Jr. and Marcus Jones. You're just not. It doesn't make sense. But if you go the David Bell route at 136 is at the end of round four, is Marcus Jones still there? Everyone right now is laughing and is saying, man, he's projected to be the 87th player. I don't know, man. Joe was pretty convinced. He was like, he might be there in round five. I went round four here. If he's there, I think that makes a lot of sense if they haven't addressed returner yet, Right where it's like, man, he can be a playmaker in the nickel. We can address the secondary, but right away, he's going to be an instant special teams contributor. But I don't think he'll be there, and I am going to double dip at corner, since, especially since I didn't take one in the first round. Martin Emerson is who I'm going to go with, and I, I do think it's it's pretty realistic he's there. It's not as takey, uh, but I, I do think that there's a chance that Marcus Jones falls to round four. If not, then Martin Emerson is the pick, and suddenly the Bengals have drafted two cornerbacks in the first four rounds. Yeah, I don't know as much about Martin Emerson, if I'm being totally honest with you, but I do know that he's long. I know he's young. I know he was incredibly productive in college. The only wart really for him is that four, five, three. And there's probably some stuff on film that I that I'm not aware of. But just looking at the the profile from a data perspective, from a size perspective, from a testing perspective, checks all the boxes. And just 21 and a half years old, James. If Martin Emerson is available to them in the fourth round. I feel like you would have to really like it. Now, what's interesting is three corners that we've talked about are in the same range on Arif Hassan's consensus board, which combines 60 different draft boards. Cam Taylor Britt's at 102 on the consensus board, so quite a bit of uh, varying opinion on Cam Taylor Britt. And he's actually listed here as a nickel corner on the consensus board, which I found interesting. Mm -hmm. And Martin Emerson, 103, Alante Taylor, who I mentioned earlier, who could be that round or two later kind of guy at 104 on the consensus wow. board. So a cluster of corners from 102 to 104 on the Arif Hassan 60 big board combined consensus board. Yeah. And in, in what I did is I used that we had our guy Dane on. And if you missed that, we had Dane Brugler on last week. You should go back and listen. Um, but that's what I used. I kind of used that to, to shape it now. He has a really high grade on Marcus Jones. So I didn't just use that as the, the Bible, right? 
David Bell isn't necessarily expected to be there, but I'm naming guys that it wouldn't shock me if they were. Yeah. And you, you know, like again, McCreary, I, it might be him. It might be someone else in round two, but that's, that's why I've done that. Uh, but from here on out, cause it's really hard now we're getting into round five. I'm not going to have two players. It's going to be a one player thing. And we'll be able to move past this a little bit quicker, uh, especially 174. So it's two to two, two defensive players, two offensive players. This breaks the tie and you know where i lean baby i'm talking offense all day long jake let's go we're getting juice on offense the little cold turner at 174 we took him in our mock last week makes a lot of sense and i think that this is honestly the most likely scenario for the Bengals too where they aren't taking a tight end super early uh unless they you know trey mcbride falls to them in round two it sounded like duke tobin they, they want a guy who can block at least some and I don't know if Greg Dulcich is that, and you can wait and get a guy who can catch passes and, and you can work on his blocking. And I, I think that's a guy like Cole, Tur- Cole Turner later in the draft who uh, obviously isn't much of a blocker either, but you're not taking him with the 63rd pick or the 95th pick. You're taking him a few rounds later. Sorry, what was this pick number? 163? Is that where we're at? 174. 174. Okay. I don't know where the Bengals picks are in the on day that's, three. That's the, the fifth round. That's the fifth round. So yep. 197 on Arif Hassan's consensus board for Cole Turner, but there's a big gap from Daniel Bellinger and Jake Ferguson at 143 and 142 to 197 Cole Turner. And on the Joe Goodberry and actually Bengal Sands has graded this player as well, Cole Turner. This is the fourth highest graded corner when you weigh in stuff like production. Tight end, tight end. I know Sorry, corners tight on end. the line. Yeah. Yep. When you weigh in stuff like production and athleticism and and you you drop a little bit of uh external opinion into the mix just just to balance out joe and sands who may be a little bit higher on him than espn or the draft network for example so you get a 22 year old tight end who can develop a little bit he ha- he doesn't necessarily have to do a ton this year I, we, we picked him the other day james i feel good about cole turner in the fifth round if it's not a guy that's fallen like a charlie kohler or or a, a Jake Ferguson who could also be in play. Yeah, and I already had some fallers, so I did. And there could be at tight end. I think it could happen at, at corner. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, so go with Turner there. All right, I have three picks left, and these honestly pretty easy um, because when you get this late, it's all right. What guys do you like that they've met with that are projected to go in this range? And so David Anini out of Houston. Another Houston player. How about that? Could you imagine they draft two Houston guys and it isn't it isn't the guy that we've spent a lot of time talking about? Anyways, uh, David Anini, you know, I think he can give them a little edge juice. Um, and, you know, this late, they met with them. I think there's a shot. And now we're three to three defensive players, the offensive players. So everyone that's saying that I'm biased towards offense, ha. Uh, but, yeah, a, a little balance here. And they um, – I didn't find the three tech. Spoiler. Or maybe I did later, but uh, David and Nini could bolster that defensive line. My only thought there, I have not watched him. I have not heard sure. of him. My only thought there is when we were talking to Mike about Logan Hall, maybe it was Joe. I think it was Mike. He said that like everybody Mike. on that Houston defensive line popped a little yeah. bit. He liked and their defensive line him. in general. I asked him, yeah, off. I think it was off air. I don't think we were recording, but I was yeah. like, hey, did anyone else stand out? Because I knew they had met with a Nini. And so, hey, at this stage of the draft, you know, you might as well take a look at it. And here's the fun part about this stage. We got some good names. 
So David and Ninny, right? And then 226 with their first seventh round pick. Thank you, New York Giants in the BJ Hill, Billy Price trade. By the way, Billy Price still a free agent. Notice we haven't gotten any. Are the Bengals going to bring back Billy Price to be the backup center? Uh, that has not happened. Anyway, shocking. <laughs> wide receiver. What? What? Hold on. Oh, no. I'm taking a wide receiver, baby. Yeah, you know it. And it's a guy the Bengals have met with multiple times. NFL teams are high on him. I'm not even sure he's going to be available uh, in round seven, but Samori Toure uh, out of Nebraska. And I, I believe I got it right. Samori Toure is. Uh, I think he'll be a special teams contributor right away. Uh, certainly someone that they like. And even if they don't take one early, I think two rays on their on their radar late day three. I think that's a good a good line to draw for people. They've met with him, like you said, a few times and is drumming up a lot of interest around the league. I believe he's a little bit older, and that might be the only the only yeah. real the, the most significant flaw, I guess, but he he can make some plays, man. I've watched a little bit of him and he can put on his show a little bit, but 24 years old coming out of Nebraska, 294 on the consensus board in the seventh round. So a fair, a fair pick, James. Here we go. This is where I make Joe Goodberry happy. I make Cincinnati Bearcats fans happy. I make my, well, I'm happy. I'm not going to say that because that would sound weird. Jake Lisko, I don't know if you're going to be happy, but I joked about the three tech thing. Turns out we did find one. It just picked 252, baby. We're getting Brooksy, Curtis Brooks to Perfect. the Bengals. It makes so much sense. I think they might have to take him a little earlier than that. I know some are saying the Cincinnati ties won't he want to stay in Cincinnati? Wait till he's undrafted. Hell no. Get the guy. He's uh, th- This is an athlete that is an elite athlete at a position that is barren in this draft. And I was trying to play it out, and without trading down, I don't really see a scenario where you're addressing all of these these things, and people are going to say at 95, oh, well, you could have taken – what if a lot of those three techs are gone or guys that you project to be three techs? And I think they will be. I think there's going to be a run on them early. So you, you miss out on something. Curtis Brooks, come on down. Maybe we'll call a little Larry Ogunjobi, Akeem Hicks, or someone uh, after the draft. But Curtis Brooks is a, a Bearcat turned Bengal, baby. Yeah, I'm happy about this one too. Little known fact, I was on Curtis Brooks before Joe Goodberry. So, you know. Well, they, Jake Jake Lisko's guy, Curtis Brooks. Um, look, I uh, I knew Brooks was good. I didn't realize he te- – like, and I was at the damn pro- – I didn't realize because they don't put the, na- the numbers out uh, as well as he did. Yeah. But I, I, I don't want to champion too many Bearcats. I even told Joe this. And I've been on Alec Pierce for a long – like, I think he's the there. He's better than Ritter. Like he should go. He's going to be better in the NFL than Ritter. So I didn't want to just be like, oh, they should go after this Bearcat, this Bearcat. If you get Brooks two fifty two, or honestly, if you get him in any of the two hundred picks, like if they took Brooks at two hundred nine instead of David and Ninny, I'm not going to argue it because I I think he's going to be able to contribute. He's quick, man, and I saw him at that local workout, and he moves moves really well. Came out of nowhere, not on many draft boards. Has made his way onto. The PFF board, I believe, at this point in the season. Just going to double check. He lands 160 on the PFF draft board, but elsewhere, he's nowhere. Priority free agent, unlisted. And that's that's the Curtis Brooks life. Let me go through them real quick here. In round one, Tyler Linderbaum. Round two, Cam Taylor Britt. Round three, Calvin Austin Jr. Some juice, baby. Round four, Martin Emerson. Round five, Cole Turner. Another pass catcher. And then you got to bolster the defense with David Adnini at pick 209 in round six. Samore Toure, 
to start round seven. And Curtis Brooks is the cherry on top of the cupcake with a side of juice, baby. What grade would you give this draft? If this is what the Bengals do, Jake, what grade are you giving it? It's it's. I think that the pick that I would struggle with is it's third and fourth round. Like Emerson in the fourth round is really good value. So it's not really as much of a struggle for me as much as I want them to find more athleticism at the position. But Calvin Austin in the third round, the, the fit isn't great for me. Yes, he does have the return ability. I mentioned some other guys there. So that's the one that, that stands out that I might do a little bit differently. But, you know, the rest of it I like. You, you miss a little bit on getting a three-tech or an edge player that you think can come in and make immediate impacts, but you get some guys later that are kind of lottery tickets. So if you miss them early, and they're going to miss some positions early, they go back to them a little bit later. In reality, what I think the Bengals will do is those positions will probably be on the offensive side of the ball, but this is a what would James do mock. And so probably in the B-plus area, A-minus area for me, I, I think Linderbaum <laughs> really does help. I, I think that in the run game in particular, you're left to right feeling pretty good. I will say uh, you mentioned that the Bengals don't have young offensive linemen that that they feel could be future pro bowlers. Jonah Williams turns 25 this year. So I'm just going to throw him out there as a guy that could develop into a pro bowler who is a young guy on the team as well. But that being said, doesn't make the pick of Tyler Linderbaum any worse. You you're, You've completed your offensive line revamp. That is the centerpiece of your draft. You've got a developmental guy who can probably play a little bit this year in Cam Taylor-Britt. I think you did a good job of hitting on uh, some very athletic players at some position, a good job of prioritizing age a little bit earlier and then later in the draft overlooking it for some guys who may be able to come in and provide some depth that maybe if they come out last year or or they're more well-known, or they find their stride a little bit earlier in the college game, they get picked a little bit earlier. So that's my overall take on the what would James do mock. Yeah, round three is going to be the one where people you know go crazy. In, in a perfect world, to me, it would be David Bell, and then it would be Marcus Jones. And if that happens, don't tell me I called it because I called it. But uh, you know, it's what I would do. And so that would be the perfect world. If not, you get the returner, you come back, you get the corner. You feel good that you doubled up at corner. And so, no, I like it, but you're right. I, I th- There's going to be a position or two where we're like, oh. And to me, if it is interior DT, like there are a couple guys that make sense for them in free agency. And so that's why I went that route. It's because I think Larry owes a call away and, and you could feel pretty good about bringing him back potentially. Really? Me? What I would do? I'd be open oh, what to you it. Would yeah. do. Okay, okay, okay. I thought you were saying like, yeah, they can get him back. No, no problem. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Larry Joby. But you're right. There are some guys out there they could call if they wanted to spend some money. And if you're making the decisions, they're probably spending that money this year. <laughs> spend that money, baby. That's the James Rapine way. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Bengals podcast. You can tune in tomorrow. We're going to do the what would they do mock draft. We're also going to hear from Zach Taylor before the draft. We'll see if Zach Taylor gives us any more hints. And then we'll be back later this week with Joe Goodberry. And then we'll have a four panel episode with Joe Goodberry and Bengals fans to get you ready for the draft later this week. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.